Hey, Barstool listeners, you can find every episode of this show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Listen up, we've got some tea, and you all are going to be obsessed. We spoke with the Abercrombie team, and they told us that they were going to launch a wedding shop. Well, we lost it, because as you know, we are both getting ready to get Abercrombie and hitched. The whole vibe of Abercrombie these days is clothes you'd wear for a perfect long weekend, and all their customers were like, hey, we spend long weekends traveling for weddings these days, and then Abercrombie was like, we love that. Let us just give you everything you could ever possibly want and love to wear for all things wedding. So they did. It has everything. Tons of dresses, jumpsuits, pants, swimsuits, pajamas, pantsuits, and all perfectly curated for different events, bachelorettes, brunches, showers, ceremonies as a guest and ceremonies as a bride, reception, and even honeymoon. It is incredible. Check out the Abercrombie Wedding Shop on Abercrombie.com. Go shop it now. Episode three. I don't like saying episode three. I'm hearing other podcasts, and it's like episode 714. So I'm not going to say that anymore. It's just the Dave Portnoy show. Um, today we have KFC Big Cat Hank because we're going to recap the LA trip, um, Hollywood Week, as they say on American Idol. And we already have ads. So today's podcast is brought to you by Seat Geek. Now here's what you got to do. Seat Geek is going to give you twenty bucks back. If you sign up for the app, so sign up for SeatGeek app, you got to put my code in, Prez, P-R-E-S. Simmons probably has the same advertiser, and I want to kick his teeth in and have way more Prez people than anybody else. So get the app. You get They, they send you $20 back just for signing up for the app, Kevin. No, you got after your first purchase. So you got to buy tickets. They congr- it's a it's an aggregate. All the tickets in the land. They find the best prices. You'll never get beat there. So buy tickets with the app. You got to buy them on the app to get the rebate. Yep. All right. So you got to get the app. The app. The Seat Geek app. Put in Prez P R E S, and then you get twenty dollars back in the mail. I get credit. It's a win, 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 win. That's all I do. Win. All right. Hollywood week. So here's, and this is, we're trying to, again, get the background of what we do. So here's why we're in L.A. Last week, it was myself, uh, Big Cat, KFC, and then we brought Hank along last second to document in case anything happened with a camera. Are you putting together a video, by the way, Hank? I, I have some of it. I didn't really think it's that good unless something else comes with it, but. Okay, so we may have a video. sounds like you didn't think it was good. I thought there were some funny parts. We were out there, I guess, threefold. One, looking for talent agents. So we're going to get repped the entire company by an agency. So we met with the William Morrises of the world, the United Talent Agencies. Um, What was the Zill? What was the other one? Zillabreen? I we I didn't pay attention Brillstein. to any of the names of the Nerdist. Oh, Brillstein, yeah, Brillstein. 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 Um, so that was part of it. We're learning a lot more about podcasting because uh, I think we're just about the biggest podcast company in the world right now, which is sort of amazing. And I know that sounds like something I'm exaggerating, but as we start to learn more about podcasting and the types of numbers people get, we're a big big fish so we were with mike kearns from churning pretty much the entire time we also had a big churning group dinner um 
And that was the week. So the talent agency, we're trying to get a TV show. That's like goal number one with Barstool is to somehow get Barstool Sports on the air because there's a belief, and we'll get into this. Kevin, you weren't here for this, by the way. Okay. Big Cat and I got in a fight at dinner. We did. We did. We got in a fight. Great dinner, by the way, but we did. At Rio. I didn't think it was that good. So here's 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 the brief background. We, we're trying to get the rundown, a version of the rundown on TV. We meet with these people. We say, hey, we've been doing this show for two years. It's PTI meets Chelsea Handler meets Tosh.0 meets what else does it meet? TMZ Live. TMZ Live. And every so, meeting's the same. Yes, which is essentially, at first, they're like, no networks have interest in a daily show. Nobody wants a daily show. And then we say, yes, but this show is awesome. We have a proven track record. You know, fifty to 70,000 people watch the rundown every day, and they don't watch it for one minute. They watch it for 40 minutes. And it's impossible to watch the rundown because the technology stinks so bad. I believe if you put this on air, somebody who's never seen it, put us on at 1 a.m., put us on any network, any time. It's going to be different than what's on TV, and it'll be a hit. One of the best parts of every single meeting was the technology part where you, like, really hammered it home. You, They would be nodding, and you'd be like, no, no, I don't think you guys understand. Like, we have the worst technology in the entire Internet. And they'd be, like, nodding, nodding, like, no, 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 no. Like, you can't even watch our videos. Yeah, like, we're, we make it hard for you to tune in even if you want to. And then they would say, like, we got it. And it's like, no, you really, really don't. That was actually very good by you, Dave, continuing yeah. to hammer that because people really don't actually get it. I didn't want them to think that I was just saying it in passing. You have to understand our technology right. stinks and doesn't work. So that was the major gist of what we're doing. Now, there's a couple angles we can go on this. First, I'm going to clue you and Kevin on the fight we got in. All right. Okay. So we're at Let's dinner go. with the Brillstein people. They left. Danny Drinks had, I don't know, three to seven drinks quickly. Uh, what was, You were drinking that, that that. I had a couple Red Bull vodkas. Then I had mules. a couple. Uh, you had a couple uh, dark mules. and stormies. Yeah, the Moscow mule. I was. I had. It was been a long it. week. I was sick of everything. I wanted to get drunk. And as we know, and we saw this a couple times, when Dan hits his limit and he gets a little bit cranky, he, it, you know, he. I needs a drink. Yeah. 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 I was he, trying. He to wasn't stay cranky. He was just getting chatty. So. Get, well, this is the other thing. Uh, let's just back up here, Dave. Like chatty to you is basically if if you talk less than ninety percent right. of the time. I was gonna say so. What it, like Dan chimed in a couple times more yeah, than right. usual, and you were like, "Hey, this is my show, yeah, chatty." Chill Dan. out, chill out. <laughs> well, there's two things. First, Dan and I got a legitimate fight about whether the rundown. Dan said the rundown is not funny. No, I did not. Yes, you did, <laughs> Hank. No, I didn't. <laughs> Hey, this is impossible a, for me because both of you guys are going to But that's a misrepresentation. I, say I said isn't true. the rundown needs I, – I said it needs work. It's not perfect. No, you. I agreed with that. But here was the point. The The debate boiled down to this. I said if a kid – and we're, I'm going to do this video. This What I'm about perfect. to say is going to happen. If we went to Nebraska and found 10 dudes in our demo who had never seen the rundown and we sat them down – 
and they had to screen screen a typical version of it, would they think it was funny? Dan said no. I said yes. And well, I said, well, then yes. what are we even selling if these kids okay. don't think it's funny? I'm banking on it being funny. Dan yeah. said no. That's wrong. I did not say Hank. no. I said, Hank, remember what I said? I said, I think someone would think it's funny. I don't think they would think it's funny enough that they have to watch it no matter what every single night. And we have to get to that point. Hank, we need you to be honest. You guys, I mean, both what you said is true. Like, he right. wasn't like, it's not funny at all. But he right. did say, I mean, what he said, he said it needs to get better. Like, I don't think it's that funny. It could use a lot of work. Here's, what, here's, the, here's, the, here's the gist of my argument, okay? And this is where we, we, the disagreement started. You basically were like, you know, the rundown is perfect how it is. Like, when we stutter, when we bust each other's balls, it's great. And while I agree, some of that aspect is good in what people come back for. If we're on TV, and this is kind of what the networks or the agents said, you have to cast a wider net. People aren't going to get our inside jokes right away. So my whole point is we have to figure out a way to just be a little bit better that the people will automatically be like, all right, I have to watch a show every single night no matter what. They don't understand when we call you like when we make fun of your nose or like make fun of your height or you call me fat. They don't get that right away. We need to like figure out a way to mix it all together. So then it's the perfect show. I, I, I actually think what you just said there is not entirely true. I think it's easy to relate to, like, you got a big nose, you're fat. That's guys busting balls. I think the problem with the rundown is when we go – there's two problems with the rundown. Uh, maybe three. I think sometimes it's just too long, and that kind of ties into number two, which is sometimes we just beat the same topics to death, like the same points over and over. And then the third thing is that sometimes it's way too deep bar stool. So fat and big That's nose, so whatever. But when we're when we're making jokes about like, I don't know, weird haircut Seth or something. If you're new to the show, you're not gonna know that. If you if you don't know that you own horses, if you don't know about the delivering papers, there are just aspects where if we're gonna be on a national channel, that that we, we always say this. We always say if you come to the front page of Barstool and you read, you're you're gonna stay. I think that's true for the site. I don't know if that's true yet for the show. That was I think you could point. catch an episode where we're screaming and yelling about shit and, and making jokes they don't get. And you'd be like, ah, eh, those guys seem funny, but I'll catch it some other time. You know, you're Kevin not going to be like, my point. Wait, I, let me set my DVR for this every single day. Kevin made my point better than I could. I, I was- don't disagree with everything you just said. I think, and this is our show based on everybody we talk to, and maybe we'll be wrong. So it looks like we're going to sign with United Talent Agency. That looks like it, the, the people we picked out of this group. That looks who we're going to go with. And we weren't getting the runaround. We were sitting with their CEO and the guys who founded it. Quick side Hank story. Literally, if you are familiar with Hollywood, UTA is huge. So we're sitting in a big boardroom at their office. Um, they're all full suits, all of them. Across Which the a table. lot of other the other guys really weren't. Everyone was pretty casual. Yeah. Everyone was trying to play to like the bar stool vibe. These dudes were like old school Hollywood Jews, fucking nonsense. And the CEO of United Talent Agency is talking about production. You guys need showrunners, production runners. Hank was sitting across the table in a t-shirt and shorts. The guy stops mid-sentence and looks at Hank when he's talking about production without knowing anything about Hank and said, who's going to produce this? Not this guy, and points right at Hank. <laughs> it was perfect. And the, and the WME, we also had a moment where the guy looked at Hank and was like, and we'll get you guys some real cameramen in production. And just As stared Hank at Hank. was holding Hank got camera, fired twice in two different meetings in front of us. <laughs>
Yeah, I mean, I got set up because you were like, yeah, just sit in the lobby. And then. <laughs> well, no, in Hank's defense, he definitely did not think he was going to be in those offices. So yeah. he rolled into the t shirt and shorts. Now, I will say, Hank, when you put on like your fancy clothes, it was like only this much better. But still, <laughs> you had a little bit more prep. Back to back to the rundown. Here's my point in the rundown. I don't if, if we do everything you said, Kevin, which was we, we obviously it's going to be a 22 minute show airtime. Probably if it's a half an hour a day, you got to get the breaks. You got to get all that needs work. I get all that. You're going to have to understand some things. You can't go deep. Fundamentally, what I think works for a show, and this is whether it was us or somebody else. Networks. I don't think see it that way. Like the one group said, you guys, TV is like IBM. Like Wayne's World, I view us as kind of like so stuttering in the fat. I think that works if you do it right. I don't think a network is ever going to say, yes, that can be put on TV. When I know for a fact that type of vibe would be a smash hit, whether it's us or somebody else. But I don't know that a network is ever – like when you put – and I see you going, Dan, but when you put the topics – and I said this to Dan at the at at dinner. PTI has ten subjects, right, or whatever it has. So if we have our ten subjects listed out, and subject number two, I think, is going awesome, and we're off on some weird ass tangent that we didn't think about in a show, I would have zero problem being like, you know what, the other eight subjects are out, and this is the show today. I don't think there's a TV station on the in the world who accepts that answer, even though I know it would kill. Yeah. And, and so I agree with you in the greater scheme that the reason why the rundown works and what we're pitching is us. We're not Correct. pitching our you know intimate knowledge of sports or we're not comedy writers. We're pitching our relationship. We're pitching how we speak to each other. It is the PTI model. I guess where – I'm I was coming from it and like I said it would been a long week we had been drinking so I might I, like Kevin just put made my point better than I ever could on that Thursday night my whole thing is we went into every single place and they said over and over it's very very hard to bring the internet to TV so that in itself has got in my head and I'm like okay if that's the truth we just have to be creative and always like evolving and not just say the rundown's perfect. That's my only thing. And that's also just you. And I also said this, Dave, you're one of your greatest assets as like the company leader is your confidence. And you're willing to always be like, I'm right. And the way I'm doing it is correct. I have a little bit of a different approach where I'm like, I'm always wondering if I'm going to wake up tomorrow and not be funny anymore. So I'm always trying to work a little bit harder, not to JJ Watt you here, but a little bit harder to get a little bit better every single day. Whereas I think you truly believe you're the best thing in the world, which is good for a company, like for the head of the company. Well, I see two things. I think this show is a smash hit. But on the other side, I think 99.9% of TV executives from talking to various people are too stupid or scared or it's too easy to say no because if it blows up, who put this fucking shit show on? But I, I believe... I know the demo so well, and I think the chemistry, like for me, it's a TV exec who's really smart, and yes, the rundown's rough. Yes, it's got to be put together better. Yes, we we don't even plan it, but if you watch it, the, it should scream to you, 
these guys have something different that is not on TV, and there's a reason why so many people are watching 40 minutes on something you cannot watch. I'm not saying we'll ever get it on because I don't know that TV execs – somebody has to be like, I see it, and I don't give a fuck what everyone else is saying. This show will murder. And that's why we kept saying give us a late time slot. Give us 1 a.m. Let me ask you a question just like – probably should have asked this beforehand business-wise is is the move to tv more about dollars and cents is it more about legitimizing the brand just because i don't know necessarily that this day and age you really get much more exposure from being on like comedy central like if we were on netflix i think that would actually probably be better to get it to the people who are our internet crowd but is it just about being like barstool is now on comedy central for you no it's totally exposure totally eyeball and and i it comes into also, you know, we talked about this with all these people. You do a show, you do a tour, you go around. Like, I think that just the buzz from it. I mean, right. look at the buzz from so just it's, the so New York. So it's more about just, like, unlocking I think, a new, like, new step for us as opposed to just, like, it's not like, hey, we're going to be on Comedy Central and the advertising is going to, like, X, Y, Z dollars. and yeah. I could care less about the money side of right. it. It, it, right. it. From what Dan said about me is true. I firmly believe we have something that nobody else has and is better than anything else for this demo out there. Our problem, the Barstool problem, and why we even did churn, and which I've said, Barstool, if we make the greatest video in the world, 100,000 people watch it. If we make a video of me eating a pizza, 100,000 people watch it. If we do grass growing, 100,000 people watch it. We're stuck in, and it's either like, People love, love, love Barstool, or they never heard of it. I believe in my heart you know of hearts, what? if somebody I, finds out about us, we win. I agree with that. Yeah, I think that has been truer in the past. I think there's a lot of people who hate Barstool now. There's a lot of people who find Barstool that's fine. and hate it. That's, that's, that's fine. as good. Either, okay. Hate us yeah, or love us. Just don't be like, eh. Indifferent, just, right. Yeah, either the, the, the Howard Stern model, the people who – Love him, listen for five. The people hate him, listen to ten to see what he's going to say next. We are different. And, again, I it, I could be naive, but if I'm a TV executive, I believe you look at what this raw product, and you should see there's something there. I try to put myself outside the box. I ask people. I think it I, – I really believe there's something there, and we got to get it beyond Barstool. We have to get it beyond Barstool. No, it's in the majority of people, like you said, who don't aren't barstool fans. They just don't know it exists. Once they know that, because when you just looking at everything that's out there, what what is it? Everyone keeps talking about PTI and how brilliant PTI is. Why has no one? Why has no one tried to do that our way or a different way? I mean, like they do it. PTI is so genius. Why has it not been duplicated? There's a lot of, like, female-leaning shows, but there's no shows that are geared towards our demo. And the crazy thing is you go in these meetings and every single person is like they're dying for the 22-year-old guy who doesn't watch TV. That's what they say to us. And then it's like like, a blank stare when you're like, well— here we are, motherfuckers. Like that's... I said that to the to the UTA people, I think, like all those stiff corporate guys. It's like, we got 22-year-old white dudes coming out of our eyeballs. Because we do. Yep. We <laughs> They're went... everywhere. Uh, Kevin, you weren't at Stars, right? We met with Stars. No, I was not there for that. How Stars would you have wild. responded to this question? Do you guys have any black people? <laughs> stars? Dude, Stars <laughs> basically said to us, 
Barstool, yeah. Barstool, Barstool. This sound, they loved it, but they're like, how well, about doing this version for black people? I stars loved us so much. Hang on. Changing like like we need to be black, changing our subject matter to black, everything black. No, we need to be black. Yeah, we need black. Stars loved us so much that I was like half expecting them to do the plot of Soul Man and be like, here's some pills, start taking them so you guys can be black. We'll put you on tomorrow. Like, <laughs> well, I will say this. This would crush with the right black people. Oh, yeah. Because it's like it's almost like the whole black Twitter thing. They eat shit up even more than the 22-year-old white guys. So they're not wrong. But to throw that out to fucking a bunch of white guys sitting there pitching their white people show is a little ridiculous. We, we had the idea after that we're going to send Tico Texas in there for a follow-up interview and have her be like, I'm Barstool, and like ask for a retainer. <laughs> yeah they they and you're right it would kill and i pressed them like what type of black people i literally said in a meeting so you're looking <laughs> so you know they were describing like the type of comedians that they were looking for and shit and it literally came out of my mouth at the end it's like uh so you're looking for chris rock and they're you're like right. yeah pretty much it's like oh well, well yeah, good no luck with that yeah. um so yeah that was the only network we met with again dan and they did all say that. Can you go from internet to TV? I think we can. I think there's a lot of well, failed well, stories that people don't believe that we're different. I do too. But no one was able to tell us a success, a, a true success story. And that's the only thing that scared me. And like I said, I mean, look, if I didn't believe the rundown was good, I wouldn't be a, like, I wouldn't be moving to New York. I wouldn't be picking up my whole life. I believe in everything we do through and through. I'm just saying, the compl- we can't get complacent. We have to always be thinking another step ahead. How can we make the rundown funnier? How can we add elements that bring in a wider net? That's all I'm saying. There's also nothing for them to compare it to, too. So it's like once it is on TV, then... I've said that in the meetings. I think once this show happens, whether it is us or somebody else convinces somebody to do it, and it's done correctly, everyone's going to be like, no shit, that was an obvious... Like, I don't think... We're coming up with reinventing the wheel. It seems so fucking obvious, but well, they just—that I don't see anybody on the other side of the table that we and we've met with a lot of people who I feel like it's clicking, where they're like, yes, or they're just being honest, being like, no network will buy it. And I said, I don't know if I should be Sylvester Stallone and refusing to let anybody. Well, he has the Rocky Balboa script, which was turned down a million times, and he knows it's a winner, and you just be like, fuck it. I'm not doing anything till somebody does this because we get confused. There's different versions of TV. You could sort of go reality. You could do a lot of the skits we do. You could do a lot of different things, and people generally try to steer us away from the rundown yeah. when I know the rundown's gold. Like, I know it's gold. The only thing I will say, which they said in that last meeting, from a business side, obviously networks like Evergreen shows, shows that can work on syndication and you can resell, Ours, the rundown, you really can't. It's timely. But there's a million shows like that. So that's what I don't totally Well, get. the thing is, you don't. there's so little production that, well, there needs to be more production. But overall, no matter what, there's still going to be so little production that goes into it that that doesn't really matter. It, right. it, it's, it's so easy. And that's another thing people didn't get. They were like, yeah, daily's tough. You know, you got to write it. You got to produce it. You got to do this and that. We're like, not really. We're just going to roll the cameras and talk. So it's low, a little production. And if it's not, there's not much resale value. It doesn't matter because we're just going to keep churning them out every day. And to your credit, Dave, and to our credit overall, we people keep saying that, like, oh, if the rundown goes on TV, it's going to suck because it's going to be totally different. 
we have been pretty we've probably been too stubborn when it comes to these meetings being like no we don't want to change because we've said it many times and i firmly believe it you make the rundown a weekly show and it sucks right yeah. everybody says that can you do it weekly we say no um let's move on to the relationship with Chernin. so mike kearns was with us the whole time a morning basketball game developed between <laughs> big cat hank and kearns what yep. was can you little 21 um is Kearns he any good? Because he can shoot, and twenty one's not really a big man's game. Hank was, uh, Hank, Hank was, a, Hank's not good at getting. Uh, There's a little hint into the the life of Hank for everyone out there. Hank is maybe the worst person waking up in the morning. Oh, I like, knew that. He missed the it. first time I traveled with him. I almost had to leave him in a hotel. He wouldn't get up. Yeah, he hates it. He he. The second day we were gonna play again, and Hank had a DNP. Uh, he did not play because he, he was a healthy scratch. And then, so I, I tell Kearns, I'm like, yo, Hank doesn't want to play. So we'll like, I'll just, I'll meet you at the gym or something. And then like an hour later, Hank comes down. And he's like, yo, I would have played. I was just saying that. Cause it, like, it was early. It's like, well, Hank, I, I, how am I supposed to know the difference, dude? It's like when your alarm goes off and you don't want to accept the fact that it's going on. So you're, yeah, but you're like, I don't want to like, play. No. I don't want to play. Yeah. <laughs> Also, I think, Dan, you said this with Mike Kearns, that at one point he was getting Stockholm Syndrome. So yes. he was with us for like three to four days straight, and you could see him starting almost to become a barstool person, which is bad because oh, we need him to be the smart. But by the end, you could just – he was – the perfect example was that podcast meeting, and we, it's a good segue. So we're talking podcasting to podcasting companies, best practices, trying to figure out how successful, not successful. And we're in this meeting, so there's uh, – it's all of churning, and there's there's Mike, and there's Kamal, a hum, Mark Kamal, who's a churning guy, a human computer. And they pulled up this flow chart that Kamal made – of all of our podcasts, and I'm talking, you know, Ke all the way from Kevin's to my new one to your new one, Dan, to ones that I'd never even heard of. I'd literally never heard of Wine with Kelly until I didn't even know it was on that flow chart until I tweeted at her like two days later. I'm like, who are you? Are You were probably on that flow chart, right? And she's like, actually, I was. And Wine with <laughs> Kelly was there. And we have things from Blog Talk Radio, which is like the Barstool Power Hour. Like, how is the podcast on Blog Talk Radio? It, it, there's so many screwed up things, and it's very Barstool. And in that moment, you had in this conference room at Churnin headquarters, you had myself, Hank, Dan, and Kevin on one side of this big table. And you had all the Churnin guys on the other side of the table screaming at each other as this podcast chart was up trying to figure out what the fuck was going on and we were all just kind of sitting giggling and they were legitimately getting red in the face like <laughs> yelling at each other trying to figure out what was going on there was it, there was another Kearns moment too um who has been dubbed the little swinging dick at the cocker uh, <laughs> at the cracker factory by hank we were like aimlessly walking around the streets at one point looking for our next meeting and nobody knew the address and I was like, Kearns, like, this is your job. Like, what's the fucking address of the next place? And he, like, kind of mumbled to himself, like, 
used to fucking manage 2000 people. And now I'm just walking around with these guys, like, you know, and I think, and then like that next uh, couple meetings later was when he was like, enough's enough. Here's how we're doing it. I've had enough of these fucking idiots. Like he finally had to like reel it back in. It was amazing watching him throughout the week, just slowly devolve into a barstool guy. And like you said, Dave, that's a bad thing. Like you we need not him to be, the, he, he needs to be the adult at these meetings. We need an adult at all times. And Kern slowly became a child like us. And the perfect example was when we are at Churn headquarters we were doing the rundowns. Like, hey, Peter Churnin, the top guy, was not there. Like, hey, can we shoot the rundown in Churnin's office? Kern's like, yeah, knock yourself out. I took a leak in his toilet. Next thing you knew, the secretary was screaming at us, being like, what are you guys doing in this office? Nobody's allowed in here. Like, Kern said we could do it. You, Kern's just, he gets a little bead of sweat. I don't know if you noticed. That's when he's starting to become a barstool guy, when the sweat is coming down on his face. Also, Kevin, you missed this. One of the ongoing things, and, and I'm sure... I don't know how deep we should go into it. I think Peter Chern is testing how his kids can do. Let's yes. say that. we Somebody compared Peter Chernin, uh to Steven Spielberg. They're like, <laughs> the two most powerful people in Hollywood are Steven Spielberg and Peter Chernin. So if Peter Chernin says the rundown is going primetime on ABC, the rundown goes primetime on ABC. So there's a little element of... And even the people are meeting with, like, why the fuck do you guys need us? It, you have Peter Chernin. The last, the last uh, meeting we took, when when Drunk Dan came out, he broke down that that wall. I would just point blank was like, "Yo, how many doors can like Peter Chernin open?" They're like, "All of them." There was <laughs> literally, there's a handful of moments where we're like trying to figure things out, and I'm always thinking in my head, like, "This is exactly what Peter Chernin does. Why are <laughs> we still like talking about this?" But I, I think you're right. We got to prove it. It yeah. is not only us. I think above us has to prove it. Like yeah. it would be when I started my Axe Surf venture with those T-shirt guys, right? If those T-shirt guys came to me and said, Dave, can you push these Axe Surf T-shirts? Can you put these on Barstool? I'd be like, why the fuck do I need you? This is, what I, right. this is why I invested in you so I didn't have to think about it and you just churn it out. I think there's an element to that. I'm sure Peter Chernin can do whatever the fuck he wants, but he has tons of companies and he can't be like micromanaging and running all of them. I also like the aspect that it, it, it makes perfect sense why, why Chernin's not like just handing us everything. I do like the fact that it feels like we have the bat phone at some point, like one phone call to get out of jail. Phone. We have one time where Peter Chernin can pick up the phone and make some, you know, th swing his big dick around and make some things happen. Every time we go to Hollywood or we're in these meetings, my impression of how actually big and powerful he actually is grows like tenfold. Like, and how small we are. Oh, yeah. No, we're tiny little fish. Yeah. And how how involved, I don't know. But when you say... It literally, these guys are like top Hollywood agencies being like the head of Disney, Steven Spielberg, Peter Chernin. That literally was being said to us. Doesn't that make you worry? And this is probably something you don't worry about, Dave. But all the time going through my head is that these agencies are dealing with us and schmoozing with us and talking with us. And then they, they leave and they go, I can't believe we have to deal with these fucking idiots to get to Peter Chernin. That I'd always be, goes through my head. I'd be surprised if that wasn't happening. If you yeah. really think about... That doesn't change that we have a gold idea. And uh, Peter Chernin obviously thought we have something. that These guys we're sitting with, I haven't seen anybody get that 
light bulb go off. It's like, yeah. We We also have the benefit, though, uh, at all these meetings, these people don't realize how dumb we are. Like, that also has been a nice – like, that one meeting we took – when I think it might have been UTA, they were like, they basically said, yeah, we would we would work on getting a TV show, but we don't want to wake up tomorrow and see you've written a book with someone else. And we're like, dude, do you actually think Barstool can do two things at once? We can't do one thing at once. Are you out of your mind? Do you think we're going to fucking backdoor him with a book? We've been trying to write a book for four years. We can't even write a shark report. That's another thing that needs to be conveyed the same way the technology does. When they were like, what questions do you have for us? And it was like every fucking question. All of the questions. Yes. We don't right. know anything. We can't even ask you the question because we don't know what to, what to ask. That's how dumb we are. Kevin, it, it seriously took me three days to have the aha moment that showrunner meant a guy running the show. <laughs> I That's will not say. That's a joke. <laughs> I think, that took me a long time. I think, they got, I think they got the book situation because you guys, in every meeting we went to, they were dying for us Best to write a moment. book. And every time they brought up the book, you two look like school children. So excited that they brought up the book. You'd cut them off and you'd bring up the shark book report. And you'd bring up, oh, Dave sent us chapters of the book. You two could not wait in every episode in every episode to bring up the book. So I think they got the book. The podcasting. There's a lot of money to be made there, so that is why we're obviously focusing on that. I think right now, if I had to guess, we're top three, top five, maybe number one podcast networks in the world just by what we've done so far. Whether that sticks, whether that stays, who knows. But for us right now, the TV thing, that was the main gist of it. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Can Can I ask a question about the podcasting to get a little real here? Yeah. Is there a- any element, Kevin, where you're like, I've been telling uh, everyone to do this for the last four years? Yeah, 100%. I mean, obviously, it's something that I, like, put all my eggs in that basket. But I think it's better that it panned out this way because I think, I think the timing with the churning thing and, and like, the, how big Barcel has gotten now, it's better that you guys are launching shows now as opposed to if you did it when I did it and we were all kind of, like, scrapping and clawing and trying to figure it out. Now it's like we have, uh, I, I would hope, a little bit of an understanding because I've been doing it for a while. And we have a little bit of a, a connection with Podcast One and advertisers and whatnot. And now you guys can just dive in the deep end. So on some level, I'm like, yeah, you fucking morons. Of course, this, was, this is where we should be going. But I think it worked out better that we didn't do it all at the same time. The only thing I'll say to that is, and it's awful early. If the financials kind of seem like they work how they work, and it seems like we could be talking millions of dollars in podcasting revenue, there's nothing Churnin has brought to us that we couldn't have done ourselves. So we could have theoretically been making a lot more millions and changed the dynamics of the entire deal. So that kind of hurts. Except that phone call. Remember that phone call. I do think that that phone – I think buying – into churning a lot of that has to do with that one bat phone phone call that we have but dave you know what i'm saying about like i think there's there was an element of when i was doing podcasting the main like feedback i got was people being like who the fuck listens to podcasts this is a waste of time so if you had been doing it then i feel like yeah we would have you you'd be more like me where it was like we you we i fought through that and now i have a little bit of an audience whereas now podcasting has gone so mainstream you're just fucking dropping in at the exact right time. 
Yeah, so, yeah I agree with that. More, but, but I don't think he would have been like millions of dollars for the past four years. No, but I mean, we could have. And there's two things. This is not a compliment to myself. I would never be doing a podcast if it wasn't for churning deal being like we got to look at podcasting there was nobody who was convincing me i had to do a podcast because i said you that you were just blatantly ignoring me when i would do it and, and to do it i was a nice little like side side you know hobby for you um it's like knitting or like collecting stamps. but i never I viewed it yeah i never viewed so it as let me ask you this like company... because because i was correct do you ever think that like wow kfc like churning churning agrees with kevin and not me and maybe you should listen to kevin more often no, I, here is how I no, view. No kidding, but it should be going through your head. I gave that you. real thought. I mean, I just didn't, I didn't spend enough time researching and I didn't do enough. But it wasn't you personally. It just wasn't on my radar screen when they come in. I mean, obviously, I think I could tell you. Who would you trust? You or Kamal more? I mean. Yeah, but me and Kamal are on the same page. No, I know. But once I heard Kamal say it, I'm like, oh, shit. And once right. they said it, I guess in high, my point is it would have been nice to do it like two months before the churning this, thing happened. This is the classic Dave Portnoy, though. You have two consigliaries. Is that the right word? Two, yeah, two, and you don't two, listen to them. And you, and you only listen to people outside of it. Right. it. But you've said it perfectly earlier in this thing. People don't realize how dumb we are. And we yes. had a good thing going, and there's only so many things you can do. And podcasting obviously takes time. It, it, it was a mistake, clearly. I mean, it is a good time now. And, and you know, it speaks, I think, even our success in podcasting, why it's going to work on TV, because our fans are rabid. And, again, the pitch that I'm sure Barstool people have heard is Barstool has been built differently than every other company similar to us in the world. It's gone personalities. We've paid writers. It's not a tech company. If we just throw out a number, you have 5 million readers. There's 5 million real people. I don't even think when you tell people that, like, across the table, they get it. It's just not how the Internet works. It's like we don't – we've never gotten fake traffic, so every one of our people is real, and it translates to everything we do, from merchandise to podcasting to the TV show. But it's like they still compare us to other Internet websites. Oh, Perez Hilton failed, and can I have a cheeseburger failed, and the Chive doesn't have anything for TV. It's like, yeah, what are they going to do? Like they don't have what we have, so – um, that's pretty much it. The last story we got to get to, it was so funny and I saw you tweet it out, big cat and it failed, but Joey biz, you missed this KFC, Sean biz, Sean biz, Sean, Sean, Sean biz. biz, Sean biz. We were at this Italian restaurant the last night and we're all waiting for our Uber on, on the way home. This like Cadillac, maybe like a mini Cadillac, not the full, like the new age Cadillac drives by slowly goes past us in the street. License plate says Sean Biz. Some black dude gets out of the car, starts strolling into the restaurant, and Dan just casually is like, hey, Sean. <laughs> this guy, Sean Biz, struts up to Big Cat like they were best friends. Hey, man, good to see you. How's business? When can we work together again? It was such an L.A. Hollywood wow. moment. Sean Biz just doing biz. Literally, I don't know whether he thought – he did a TV show with Big Cat. He thought they knew each other. But this guy made it seem like him and Big Cat, Shawnee Biz, were the long-last friends. It was 
just a perfect L.A. story. Like, I think that's what everybody does in L.A. Yeah. We were sitting there with our jaws on the ground, and I, I think I ended it. I was like, all right, Sean, you know, have a good meal. We'll see you around. He's like, all right, brother. Okay, Sean Biz. Like, we're in biz with Sean Biz now. He literally was like, you know, if you're walking in a door, he was one foot in when Big Cat said, hey, Sean. He did a uh, just on pivoted on a dime strutted up like hey man good to see you let's let, like let's collaborate shawnee biz by himself by the way i think do he was you, going to dinner by himself do you think sean biz got into the restaurant and like took a second and was like fuck that guy read my license plate i don't <laughs> he think totally so. read my license plate i don't I, that guy was just like another day doing business that guy <laughs> that it. guy was so famous in his own mind you <laughs> sean biz what a license plate. Like, we all laughed when we saw the license plate roll by. Like, ooh, there goes Sean Biz. But Sean Biz was all Biz. Never, Sean Biz never stops with the Biz. Oh, <laughs> it's Biz right. 24-7 for Sean so Biz. So that's the L.A. trip. And we are going to do, by the way, that's a funny video that I'm actually going to do, is go to a remote location on the western part of the country and do a screening of the rundown. It's actually a great test that the we should be doing that anyways. The questions on the survey are, did you like this show? And then the next question is, if you could only pick one show to watch for the rest of your life, would it be this show? <laughs> it's a high bar, by the way. You're a high, that's a high <laughs> bar. That's where I'm aiming. And that was Dan's thing during our fight. You can't get mad at me for saying we can be funnier. You can always be funnier. You can't get mad at me for being funnier. But you can't be funnier in, in off-the-cuff stuff. I'm as funny as I'm ever going to be with comebacks. You can't practice comebacks. I agree with that, but we can always be better. Let's just be better. I just want to get up, strive for greatness, as my good friend says. All right. That's episode three. <laughs>